From KIOS in Omaha, you're listening to Riverside Chats. I'm Maria Corpus, and today I'm talking to musicians Drew Shuck and Adam Haug of the bands Bug Heaven and Mean Street. Oh my god, I was so hooked on how personal that song was, and I remember telling you, I think I'm going to do Survive By. It was the second to last song that I thought anybody would pick if anybody actually did the remix. Well, my whole thing so, was. Yeah. And in <laughs> yeah. retrospect, but now that I've talked to you about it, it makes total sense. We're talking about the Omaha DIY music scene. Shuck and Haug's new remixed song, Survived By, and their upcoming concert at the Slowdown, which will benefit youth emergency services in Omaha Autonomous Action. Stay tuned for our conversation and the premiere of the Survived By remix after this break. Welcome to Riverside Chats. I'm Maria Corpus. Drew Shuck sings and plays the drums in local punk band Bug Heaven. Adam Haug produces beats as Haunted Gauntlet for MC Connie Franco in Mean Street. The bands recently collaborated on the remix of the song Survived By, written by Shuck and performed by Bug Heaven. The song, off Bug Heaven's debut album, We Love to Live in Hell, is about the pain of losing loved ones to suicide. Bug Heaven and Mean Street, along with rapper Someone Somewhere, will perform at the Slowdown on September 7th. A portion of the proceeds from the concert and the new song will benefit youth emergency services in the mutual aid group Omaha Autonomous Action. This episode comes with a content warning, as it contains discussion of mental illness and suicide. Here is my conversation with Drew Shuck and Adam Haug. Drew and Adam, I'm so excited to have you guys in the studio. It's a little bit of a different studio than you guys are used to, but I'm going to let you guys kind of do your own introductions and uh, tell me how you kind of stumbled or strided into this music scene we have here in Nebraska. Do you want to start first, Drew? Oh, man, we're going that far back right away. Oh, yeah, baby. We start at the beginning. All right. Uh, Yeah, my name is Drew Shuck, and I sing, play guitar, and on record play the drums in a band called Bug Heaven. Shoot, I started playing music basically as soon as I got to Omaha. I graduated in 07 and I moved like the week after graduation into my cousin's house here so I could start going to shows in the summer because I didn't want to wait until the dorms were open. Uh, And then I moved from there into the dorms after a few months. And then it's been so long and the story would be too long. But basically I ended up in a band with like two other guys that also lived within like three dorms of me. And then one other guy and one of those guys Alex Brown still plays guitar in Bug Heaven now actually and so yeah we've known each other for a long long time yeah we uh we did that band it was originally called Get Down and then eventually we changed the name to Bear Stories we started playing instrumental music and changed the band name but it was still those same four guys for like seven years I think so yeah and then done a few things since then always been kind of active in music in some way. And then, uh, yeah, started this band kind of in my apartment during the initial shutdown after COVID hit and then just added all the people I've liked playing music with over the years back into it slowly and then made a record and here we are. What about you, Adam? Okay, so hi, (laughs) I'm Adam Haug, AKA your cousin Haunted Gauntlet. I am one half of the group Mean Street. Uh, we have been around for about 10 years now. Uh, we started this band right here in Omaha, Nebraska on Farnham Street, right across from Brothers Lounge at Hotel Frank, uh, where I became roommates with infamous, the lovely Connie Franco, uh, Brent Gomez, if you're listening, what's goody? Um, yeah, uh, we can go into my entire musical history. Just know that I've been playing music my whole life. I knew that I was going to play drums or guitar and do art at a very young age. Um, but I've always had a love for beats and using drum machines and remixing and electronic music in some capacity along with playing drums and playing guitar and playing, you know, analog instruments. And so, you know, let's fast forward real quick, you know, like a like a VCR and uh, just zoom forward. What do you and know about VCRs, Adam? A lot. So that's <laughs> that's kind of, that's the other thing about me. I'm also a VHS collector. I love film. I love old film. I have a particular weakness for horror films of the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. And that will come back around as we talk about the new Mean Street album. 
which is heavily inspired by my love for film and Italian horror. Anyways, oh thanks gosh, for I thanks for that. we could talk about VHS. <laughs> Every time I'm on a microphone, it's about VHS. Uh, like literally, I've been in the Omaha World Herald. I've been on. MC What's your News. collection up to now? It's thousands, probably. No I, I probably way. have. Yeah. yeah, I have a blockbuster in my basement, and that's <laughs> and that's where all the Mean Street m- music is made. That's where we practice. We basically practice in a haunted blockbuster, and in, in, in the heart of Gifford Park. I've lived in Gifford Park for, like I said, I moved to. I was born in Omaha, Nebraska, went to school in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, moving to Omaha was crazy because I was surrounded by so many awesome bands. We're talking about Bear Country, Cap Gun Coup, Talking Mountain, and of course everyone loved the Saddle Creek bands. We can't, I can't say enough about how much The Faint is my favorite band of all time. Anyways, I started doing things like remixing things for Maha Music Festival. Um, I did a remix for Icky Blossoms that ended up on Saddle Creek Records, and so that's kind of around the time that Mean Street formed. And on the side note, I had decided that Adam Robert Haug, while it was cool <laughs> as a folk singer, songwriter, was maybe not as cool as a beat maker. So um, I used Haunted Gauntlet, which is actually kind of like my last name is hidden in there, Haug. So Haunted Gauntlet is actually a reference to Gifford Park. Um, the Gauntlet was a nickname for 33rd Street at some point. I had learned that at the Cali Bar. <laughs> and more or less, if you look at the name of the Mean Street, which is often misspelled and mispronounced, the 33 and the 34 represent 33rd Street and 34th Street where we started the band. So we started the band at Hotel Frank, and then it continued when I lived at Todd and Narenda's house on 33rd Street. Then I moved to 34th Street, and we made Mutants of Omaha. So the 33 and the 34 came around on the name. And while I've been making a lot of solo music, up until now, Mean Street is definitely like one of the main musical focuses for me as Haunted Gauntlet, the producer. So when you listen to Mean Street, I'm the one that's making all the beats, the bass, the, the guitars, taking the samples from wherever, and I'm making these like compositions. And then Connie will bless them with the lyrics. And so, yeah, I do fancy myself a solo musician that can remix and work with other artists. But Mean Street is my main thing now. Shouts out to all my past endeavors, but that's kind of catching you up to speed. If I played with you in any band at any point, just know I love you. If you're just joining us, I'm talking with Drew Shuck and Adam Haug of the bands Bug Heaven and Mean Street about their history in the Omaha music scene, the remix of the song Survived By, and the band's concert at The Slowdown on September 7th which will benefit Youth Emergency Services and Omaha Autonomous Action. Join the conversation on social media. Follow Riverside Chats on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app, where you can also leave us a review. Or you can call in with a brief voicemail to 402-881-0089 for a chance to be featured on an upcoming show. Reminder that this episode contains discussion of mental illness and suicide. How did you guys start working together? Because I know that um, you kind of mentioned, Adam, that you had done the emo punk in, in the past, and now Drew's band Bug Heaven is very much kind of in that sector of music. And so tell me kind of how this relationship started um, with remixing this uh, song we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So uh, let me go back. There were a couple things while you were talking and I feel like I can kind of segue this a little bit yeah, here absolutely. because give it to us. So I was actually living on 33rd and Burt Street right up here. Um, it's where the magic happened. The baby. first year, I believe I'm almost positive. It might have been the year after, but I think it was the first time I saw you guys where you did uh, the Mutants of Omaha CD release at Slowdown in the main room. Right. And I remember you guys had like all these like giant printed like cutouts that you brought out. Like I think you had like life-size like street signs or maybe bigger than life-size street signs that you like put up on the stage and i was just like man like why doesn't anybody try to make shows be shows like this it was like like why is like so much of your point it was my love of the like bands like the faint where it mm -hmm. was like you would go you would expect the light show you would expect the visuals production and it was like yeah we're doing it our own way we might have had like more analog stuff like the street signs and like the the big scotty pippin head or whatever but ultimately it was like i was a fan of bands doing that yeah and i think that's like 
kind of like set off something in my brain that I've kind of like continued to chase a little bit. Like I remember being in this band called Let Alone with my friend Jordan, um, who has uh, since passed a couple years ago, which was kind of the catalyst for starting this band in a way, which we might touch on or might not later. Um, I was like, I want to make something visually interesting. And so I just like, and I didn't have any money at the time either. I like, and so I just like went to the hardware store and bought like four of those like bright lamps, like work lamps. Mm -hmm. And I would just like set two of them like behind my drums pointed slightly upward. So they would kind of make the drums glow. And that it would also make it like a thousand degrees behind the drum set while I was playing. And I'm (laughs) already really sweaty. So it was like, it looked cool though. Every time I'd see pictures of us, like I'd be like, man, those drums look cool though. Lights are fun. (laughs) And then that kind of snowballed into when I started Bug Heaven, I had all this time not only to work on these songs for like a long time and just kind of like process and re-record and we weren't doing shows for the first like year maybe almost a year and a half that we were a band. So it was just like a lot of recording and demoing and, you know, adding new people to the band and having new people come play on the record. Um, And in the meantime, as another hobby, because it was the most downtime that any of us has probably ever had, I started like buying just like lights and like learning how to kind of program them. Um, Mm. And I'm still always, like, working a little bit more on it, but I've, like, gotten to the point where we've got at least, like, a small kind of little, like, light show that, like, goes around along with the music and stuff, Um, which is one of the reasons I really love anytime we play at the Sydney because their house lights are simple enough that I can control them with, like, the simple software I bought without, like, I need at some point to learn how to work the lights at places like the waiting room and like slow down and stuff. But it's just like a little bit beyond me. still at this point, and I think that was one of the first things that Adam and I kind of connected over, uh, which is why I ribbed you a little bit about the VCR VHS thing. (laughs) Cause Adam and I had at least been introduced and like knew of each other had maybe chatted a little bit just at bars or like around in groups. Um, but then you started doing a VHS night at Night Owl for a while while I was bartending there. Um, and we would start having conversations and just like talking about stuff. And I remember at least one other time kind of bringing up to you that like record release show and how cool it was. And, you know, and then at some point, you know, we kept in touch after that. We would chat like on Instagram and stuff once in a while during COVID. Mutual respect. Loved his band. Yeah. Just as much. And then I was like, oh, I started this band. You got to check it out. And he was like, oh, yeah. He was like, this is like stuff I used to listen to, which is kind of the whole vibe of what everybody gets from Bug Heaven. Okay, go on and explain that. Right. um, Well, so basically I just stayed 17 years old my entire (laughs) life. And I never branched out into anything other than guitar music. That's not entirely true, but it's not entirely not true. My favorite band is still Jimmy Eat World. And, and that's not, all you need to know. And not in like a way where I'm like, yeah, I put them at the top, but it's like literally most of what I listen yeah. to still. I'm just like, yeah, what? Uh, clarity you forever. Know. But it's been rewarding too because I feel like it's a thing where like in my head, I was just like, oh, I'm going to go start this like emo pop punk band. Sure. And I don't know if anybody's going to like it, but this is the stuff I like to listen to. So sure. I'm going to make it or whatever. And then as we started playing shows, one of the things that really like got to me and like made me feel really good about what we were doing was like after we started playing for people they would come up to me and they'd be like oh yeah you like remind me of these bands I used to listen to but like I was kind of afraid in my heart that they were going to be like you know oh you guys sound like like all-time low or like newfound glory or like which is like a kind of pop punk that was like I liked at a certain point but it was kind of like some of it was a little after my time. Like some of it, it just wasn't like is more polished and just not as much like not terrible, but not what I really loved about that style of music. But then people started to come up to me and they're just like, oh, you guys kind of sound like the rentals or like sunny day real estate or like far. And I'm like in my head, like you're crazy, mm-hmm. but also like, cool. It feels good that you're recognizing like bands that I really look up to and enjoy instead of bands that maybe like do similar things but that I don't really like and so that was something that made me feel really good about like the stuff we were doing um especially like live and like when people heard the record and stuff it was just like okay like 
it's not just in my head that I'm trying to do this thing. It's like kind of actually happening. You're like, I'm executing like, this. Yeah, it's like the end result is happening the way I thought it would. Oh, and that's in a cool. way. What's cool about your band is it's like an old. It's like yeah, you're playing the music you grew up on that you loved. Everyone's nostalgic for the sound. They can't quite figure out what band you sound like. You're just kind of an amalgamation of mm-hmm. all of it. And then you're like saying, well, like I'm from Omaha, Nebraska. Like the the, the you know the predecessors, you know, like the Faints, and yep. you know, obviously known for their light show and their amazing mm. ability to make everyone freak out and dance you know yeah. so we have this kind of chip on our shoulders like we have to bring something to the table that's extra bringing something extra to the table visually is a huge plus if you're an artist if you're creative mm. if I you go that. that extra level it can really pay off a lot of dividend dividends mm-hmm. for people to want to come back and check out your show because they're just like so mm-hmm. much more engaged so yeah. it's like i yeah like your band's like a throwback band but it's like relevant content and lyrical content. But then you're also, you guys are super modern, very like up to date with like the way that you guys perform as a band. Mm -hmm. And then now you have even more of a light show than ever before. Right. And like that care to attention and detail really goes a long ways. And like, I obviously noticed that about his band and became a fan of your band. And then move forward a little bit, whatever. Um, I think something that really accelerated our collaboration was we we had the privilege and honor of being asked to play Page Turner Lounge, Page Turner's where Lounge. I am the general the PTL for GM some reason where he works. They keep we, paying me. We got to play the ten year anniversary of, mm-hmm. of the PTL. I just say PTL so I don't mess that up. You know? Yeah, there you go. Um, but yes, we got Mean Street got asked to play that, and we had just released a brand new album, Bezos, that we basically wrote during the pandemic. And the first performance of that material was at Paige Turner's Lounge in Omaha, (laughs) Nebraska, where Drew was the manager and his band Bug Heaven was also on the bill. I did, for the record, purposely make sure that we played the same day that you played. Right, right, (laughs) right. I didn't know who was going to be playing that weekend. It was all amazing bands, mostly local. Yeah. But yeah, we got to play with Connor of uh, Bright Eyes fame and... And I think I must have blurted out, you know, by, back by our merch. I was like, let's do another show together sometime. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, of course. We'll do a show together. You know, you always have that conversation. Yep. But I was like, no, for real. Like, I, like, maybe I can remix your band. Oh, so that's where it came from. So, that and, night. yeah, that leads us to the song is I remembered Adam being like, oh, yeah, you should let me like remix one of these songs or something. Like he was like, mm-hmm. I remember you talking to me and you'd been like, yeah, I've been like incorporating more like guitar stuff into some of the Mean Street stuff too lately. And like my Haunted Gauntlet stuff, like I've got some stuff to send you. And and then we had a conversation about which song to do. And he chose uh, Survived By, um, which I think is track four on the record um, out of seven. And it's a song that I almost didn't, not that I almost didn't write, because I wrote almost the entire thing in one sitting, but I almost didn't bring it to the band or finish it for the record because it was so... It's personal, Deeply bro. personal, not only about myself, but also just about my like family history of uh, like mental health and suicide specifically, that I felt kind of like afraid to put it out and of like what my family would think. Um, and then at some point I ended up deciding to keep it because I thought that it was too important to me personally and just to the like general theme of like the record in general. I just thought it was too important to leave it off and like not finish it basically. And so I ended up finishing it for the record. I did, as I was writing it, talked to both of my brothers about it. I didn't talk to my parents or to any of my like aunts or uncles about it, which I'd kind of wanted to at first, but I did talk to both of my brothers about it. And I know one of them listened to it, the younger one, and sent me a message back and just said, I can't, I don't remember exactly. I, he said something like, I get why you were nervous to show us this, but it feels like it was really important for you to make it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's really cool. And then my other brother didn't say anything and then nine months later, he said, what's the link to that song again? Oh. <laughs> and then all on their own time. I never heard back if he ever actually listened to it or not, but it's cool. What did your parents think about it? I mean, kind of a similar thing. Like my there's like some lyrics specifically that reference kind of my mom. And one of the themes besides 
what I already discussed that's kind of important to me in that song is uh, the way that as like someone that was raised like in the Christian church, very religious, but no longer believes in those things, but who has like people that you care about, who care about you, who do still believe in those things. Um, And especially in times of like tragedy where, you know, everybody is kind of like reaching for whatever makes sense to them personally. It's just like, there's a lyric that kind of touches on, I can't remember. The I know it. I know it is. It. Um, Sometimes you'll pray for your mom. Cause you know, you know that she would like that. Yeah. And that one really hit hard because it was like, mm-hmm. okay, here's like someone who's like maybe fallen out from like their religion or whatever it might be, maybe for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know, I'm going to say, say a blessing or a prayer whether it works or not, this is kind of where they come from. And it was really that line definitely st- stood mm-hmm. out. Anyone, oh, yeah. that ha- anyone that has a Catholic or Christian mom was just like tearing up on that line. But. Right. I think one of the things right. that I really loved about it is that when I heard it, because I was also raised Catholic and the internal fight, right, of being like, I don't believe this, but I mm-hmm. love them. And being able to kind of give grace to that. And to me, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, how can I make the connection from what I believe to what they believe? Because really it's just like a change of language a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. So like prayer versus meditation or yeah. whatever it is or manifesting or mantras, whatever that is right. across kind of right. what your beliefs are. It's like I can still leave space for you to practice what you need to yeah. and give you my prayer and give you whatever. I think was super was really beautiful on there. I agree, Adam. Yeah, I think oh, that's yes. also kind of come up for me a lot as like an adult where at first I would kind of shy away from really talking about any kind of like religion after I like finally kind of talked to my parents about not really believing it anymore. Um, and then like you were kind of saying like where it's like it's what's that like Death Cab for Cutie song, different names for the same thing where sure. it's like when you like think of God, it's like all of these different like things have been passed down over the years that are like, you know, specific ways that certain people believe that you have to follow these things and like learn about these things, et cetera. And like specific things that you need to believe in. And even for people, most people that don't really believe in those specific things, I think that there still is some kind of recognition with most people that there's like something we're all trying to explain that we can't really And so I think like that's one of those things where when I'm going through a really hard time now, like as an adult, if I'm like struggling with something or someone I know that I care about is struggling with something and I'm like talking to my mom or like chatting with my dad about it, I'll just mention it and be like, hey, this is like a thing that's going on if you guys want to like pray about it. Because it's like I know that's a thing you're going to go do before bed tonight anyways, you know, and it's like whether it's like your God that's up there and you're right and I'm crazy or whether it's just like some general like pushing right. of energy you know well, like, like whatever it is it's, it's just like, like everyone deals with grieving differently yeah right and some people le- will lean on you know science or their faith mm-hmm. or like we lean on our friends we lean on our family and so it's like whether we're all coming from the same place or different we're all like needing in our vulnerable state to connect mm-hmm. in a way and like that song out of all your songs and all the things you're talking about on that album it resonated with me because of the content of it, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like, oh my gosh, he's getting really personal and I relate to this. I've had family loss due to mental illness and suicide multiple times. And I can't imagine how many people can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why am I remixing? Why am I doing a remix of a song that's so sad? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, like that song was the the easiest for me to actually put a beat on because, mm-hmm. you know, being more of an emo pop punk thing. Yeah. You're not everything is going to be conducive to like putting like a rap or yeah. a trap beat on it or what, or try to make it different, and whether it's dancey or make it making yeah. it slap in some different way. Well, and another thing that I noticed after you picked that one going back and listening to it is like, I'm still kind of coming into this from like drumming for years. So like I'm playing guitar and singing now and like still thinking of everything kind of like percussively a little bit. And I forget sometimes to leave space when I can. Mm-hmm. And I think that survived by more than the other songs of the record because of the lyrical content, it pushed me to like leave more space because I was like, 
in a lot of these little parts, if there's too much going on, mm-hmm. it's going to distract from what I'm saying. And it's like, if I'm going to say this, even though I feel so terrified and uncomfortable about like what my like friends and family might think of me, like getting this personal and saying these things, then I might as well make room for it to be like heard. You I know? know. So you like, strip out the drums. And so there's like a lot of like, there's like the first chorus doesn't have any vocals. It's just got a little and guitar line to it. And that's Beatmaker like, 101. Yeah. So, you know, you know when, it, when, it, when you want to talk about music production and beat making, it's like when you're digging through for samples, whether you're using YouTube or you're looking through dusty vinyl, what you're looking for is essentially sections of songs that don't have drums so you can put your own drums on them, mm-hmm. right? And when you have the luxury of having a band give you the stems, that means you have the guitar, the bass, the keyboard, all of these parts on their own layers, including the drums, so I can just strip out the real drums to what, I, and then add mm-hmm. my own. You throw in the eight oh eights, throw in a new kind of snare, maybe some more hi hats. You know, try to do something different with it. Um, but that song um, had the most pockets that made sense to flip you know Mm -hmm. so it was like okay this beat is conducive to a remix in my style right Mm -hmm. and oh my god i was so hooked on how personal that song was and i remember telling you i think i'm gonna do survive by and i think you were kind of taken back by that it was was why are you gonna make a remix out of (laughs) the saddest song on the album it was the second to last song that i thought anybody would pick if anybody actually did the remix well my whole thing was yeah (laughs) i think the reason why i had asked Mm -hmm. you to even and in retrospect but now that i've talked to you about it it makes total sense but yeah i wasn't like oh i love that song let me do a remix it was like let me maybe do a remix for your band that would be Mm -hmm. cool and my whole thinking was there is a huge thing that's happened for years i think omaha's not super on on trend with it but like emo and punk crossing over with trap and rap is not a new thing mm-hmm. so i you know i'm hearing his voice and i'm hearing these riffs and i'm hearing this music and this content and i'm like this emo punk thing is like so in line with like all these beats that i make or can potentially make and so it was like we picked that song I did my little haunted gauntlet thing with it where I kind of, y'all have to do this. You're going to have to listen to the original first mm-hmm. and then listen to the remixes. They're incredibly different, yeah. but the content and the narrative is the same, but it was a very complicated song. We're talking about, he gave me like, I don't know. I want to say it was like 50 layers, 50 stems. Mm-hmm. And it was like a five and a half minute long song. Well, and and that, I'm like, what is going see, on? And that was another Why funny. Why am I doing this? That was another funny thing about that record because of the way it was recorded. It wasn't like we didn't go into a studio for almost any of it. It was just me sitting at home and Ian Aiello had seen me ranting on Facebook about how much I like hated whatever production software I had downloaded and was like trying to figure out. He messages me and he goes, hey, I have this program called Studio One and it's like a newer recording software. And then that was how we ended up recording the record was just kind of like at home going through, this was back when Outer Spaces was still open and we had uh, like membership there. So I recorded the drums at the old Outer Spaces room before it closed. Um, And then almost everything else the amps we did in the basement there as well. Uh, but all the other, like the DI guitars and the keys and the bass, like all that stuff we just like recorded at my apartment and then sent to Ian later. Um, and then we did vocals and some other stuff with Nate Van Fleet at the old see-through dresses studio, the divine hammer before that closed when Nate moved to LA. Um, but yeah, so by the end of it, it's like, all this stuff that's been done at my apartment that I barely know how to organize all this stuff that we did with Nate. And like, we ended up doing two or three days, I think in the studio with Nate on just like vocals, auxiliary percussion and like acoustic guitars. And it was cool. Like it's such auxiliary stuff, but there's just like, if we'd gone into a studio for four days, we would have ran out of time for most of that. But because we'd had months to just like get the meat of everything done we end up with these like two or three days where we just get to like try to sing the songs right. And then once they're right, we just like mess around with all this other stuff. Um, and so by the end of it, we just have like all of these tracks. And like, this was one thing that I love about the remix too versus the original version is that I think it's the second verse uh, flips so that the like higher octave vocal is louder. 
but on the remix version, it keeps the same uh, lower register vocal through like the entire first half of the song, kind of, and it gives it just like more of like a laid back, like droney vibe. Which is funny because that's how Ian actually mixed the song the first time. And then when he sent it back to me, the initial mix, I was like, oh, no, the like the high vocal is supposed to be louder in the second verse. Wow. So that like kind of cracked that's me up when I heard your version because I was like hearing you do that again. I was like, it's funny that that's like everybody's kind of first instinct is yeah. just to keep y'all that, really like, going to listen yeah. to the original. They're yep. listening. Listen to the new version. I think we, right. we have to mention that when I took that beat. I had all those layers. I it was like sculpting. Mm-hmm. I was like, what am I going to remove and what am I going to add? And it came together really cool. I really got in my headspace and I was like, oh, I got to I got to do them right. I got to yeah. do I got to do RIP. I got to do everyone right. You know what I mean on this? And so I really treated that song and that remix like it was my baby. Originally, it was just going to be a Haunted Gauntlet remix. And then I remember I was just like hanging at home one day after we talked about it a few times and you like texted me and you were like, hey, do you care if Connie adds like a line to this? And I think you guys had just been like, you'd been working on it while he was over for practice him. or something. And, he, and he like, he was feeling it. He wrote down some lyrics and yeah. I remember him like posting the lyrics on Instagram and I was like, Oh, this is going to be cool. And he grabbed he was, this Sharpie and yeah. wrote, he wrote up like, it was kind of like a yeah. poem more than bars. It's like a, a little poem. Yep. And that's when it became a bug heaven featuring mean street track mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of just a remix. It's yeah. so cool because it's like me putting my spin on such an amazingly personal, great song that features the talents of his entire band in some capacity. This is a remix of the song Survived by off of the album We Love to Live in Hell by Bug Heaven. Right. Produced and remixed, I guess, by Haunted Gauntlet featuring Connie Franco on vocals. Some days I wish my dad would start calling about my grandparents dying instead of their grandkids. No, it's not. It's been a trend in our family since his brother the year I was born Holy Only two years since the last one and that was the last time we were all together I don't think his sisters could take anymore It's so Life without the proof Out no you dried out Soon as I found life That's without the blue I'm unwell without you Life without shoes Life without the proof Found no you dried out Soon as I like That's without the blue I worry about my brothers When I call they say they're fine I don't call often enough And who can find the time I am learning the time is not found It is me
if I could go in your place, then I would, but you're gone and I can't, so I guess I'll stay. I'm trying everything I can to make everything okay. And on our good days, we'll share the same host. We will look forward to happier moments. And on our best days, I'm talking with Drew Shuck and Adam Haug, whose bands Bug Heaven and Mean Street will perform at the Slowdown on September 7th. Proceeds from the show and the remix of Bug Heaven's song, Survived By, will benefit Youth Emergency Services and Omaha Autonomous Action. Stay tuned for the rest of the conversation after this break. Welcome back to Riverside Chats. I'm Maria Corpus. You can subscribe and hear previous episodes of this show on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite app is. Today I'm joined by Drew Shuck and Adam Haug. Shuck sings and plays the drums in a local punk band, Bug Heaven. Haug produces songs under the name Haunted Gauntlet for MC Connie Franco and the duo Mean Street. Bug Heaven and Mean Street collaborated on the remix of the song Survived By, about loved ones lost to suicide. The bands will perform at the Slowdown on September 7th to benefit the organization's Youth Emergency Services and Omaha Autonomous Action. This episode comes with a content warning as it contains discussion of mental illness and suicide. Here is the rest of our conversation. So I think this song can be really impactful for anyone experiencing some sort of loss or grief over a loved one because I think people deal with grief in a variety of ways. And the two of you put a lot of emotion into this song. And I want to know, like, how was that process for you just healing, um, working on it in your own spaces, and then also healing, um, playing it out in the community, um, that aspect of it as well? That's a good one to answer right now because we actually just we had taken this one out of the set list for a minute to make some space for some of the newer songs that we've been playing um, just because it is. So there's this song and then there's the last song on the record is called uh, No Better Party Dad Forever, which is a song that Alex Brown, our guitar player, and I wrote uh, for our friend Jordan Malley after he passed away. Um, and so... There's, and that is usually the song that we'll end the set with, uh, if we have like kind of a regular length set. But both of those songs are really emotional to play, usually, and they're both like over five minutes long, I think. And so it's like, if we do them both, we don't get to play at least two of the other songs that we could have fit in. So it's just one of those like logistics things. The balance. And then also it's like, you know, you want to play the songs that connect with people, but there's also like an element sometimes where it's just like, I don't always want to go on stage and play back to back like the two saddest songs I've ever made because it can be a lot sometimes, you know? I'm sure it's that's emotionally draining. Um, but it's a we, journey. Yeah. And, but we dusted it off at practice uh, just on Monday uh, to play it for a couple of shows before we play it at the Mean Street show just to make sure we have it, still know how to play it basically. But yeah, and just like playing it again after so long, I just kind of like, it took me back a little bit and I'll just kind of talk about both of those songs in conjunction for a minute because I feel like they both kind of have like similar uh, effects on me, I guess, when I play them live. Um, the song about Jordan specifically, I made the rhythm of the guitar part that I play not make very much sense and be really, really choppy. And it was partly because I thought it sounded cool and partly because I needed to mostly be thinking about what I was playing on guitar instead of thinking about what I was saying, because otherwise I just wouldn't be able to play the song without crying. Yeah. Can you and clarify it, who Jordan is for us? Yeah. So Jordan was he was the singer in the band that I played in with Drew Augustine that let alone that I was talking about earlier where I had like the lights set up on the drums, uh, whatever. And uh he was roommates with Alex Brown for a lot of years. They also played in a band for a while called No Getter, 
that was really, really good. And he passed away, Jordan passed away in September of 2020, I believe, uh, fall of 2020. And it was like the worst thing that's ever happened. But it did just happen to hit like right at this point where we all actually like got to go to his funeral in person, which had not really been happening for the months like preceding that. And so we all like drove out to Columbus um, and we went to the service and everybody just kind of like, you know, it was for his mom more than anybody. Like nobody really wanted to be there because we're all heathens and he would <laughs> hated that we were all in church for him. But whatever. That also reminds me, I forgot about this until right now. But when I was trying to think of a chord progression to go with the lyrics, I looked up the three songs that they played at his funeral. And one of them was a song called Campfire Kansas by the Get Up Kids. And it's like capoed differently and the actual like order, like progression of the chords is different. But the chord shapes that I play in that song are from that song that they played at his funeral. And that was how Aww. I yeah. little little Easter um, eggs. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's yeah. one of the reasons people have like lashed onto your band is because not because they know that you're singing about this lost friend, mm-hmm. but like they can relate to like Oh my gosh! Like I know that feeling, and that's why I even—that's why I even wanted to do the remix of that song. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is like me. This is how I feel," and I had the same experience. Mm-hmm. My whole experience was, "All right, how I'm how am I going to do something different with this song and retain the emotion, even though it's like a remix, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like, how do you how do you keep the emo and the sadness and the feelings?" And the narrative without making it too much of a banger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you guys will have to be the judge of how it makes you feel. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the things that for me, what I really like about the way that you remixed it is that to me, it almost feels to me kind of like both versions of the song kind of illustrate different parts of the lyrics where like I feel like with the guitars and the way that the full band comes in, in the full band version, I feel like it's more trying to push toward like the feeling of like hope. Um, that's kind of like expressed like towards the end of each phrase of just like wanting things to be better and like keep going even though it's like immensely sad the things that you're like trying to get over and the people that are no longer with you and I think like on the full band version like the big guitars and like the heavy drums and the chorus kind of just like help to like drive that home a little bit more where what I really loved about like hearing the remix and kind of a combination of just the way the beat works and also like we were talking about how you kept some of the like lower register vocals in there. I feel like it just has kind of more of like a like forlorn but still like hopeful quality to it where it just like kind of it almost like highlights the sadness a little bit where like the verse parts still kind of do that in the original but the chorus parts kind of like try to do that traditional like you know, emo, like pop punk thing of where it's like, this song sounds more fun than it really is. But if you listen (laughs) to what it's saying, it's really going to mess you up. If you're just joining us, I'm talking with Drew Shuck and Adam Haug of the bands Bug Heaven and Main Street about their history in the Omaha music scene, the remix of the song Survived By, and the band's concert at the Slowdown on September 7th, which will benefit Youth Emergency Services and Omaha Autonomous Action. Join the conversation on social media, Follow Riverside Chats on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app, where you can also leave us a review. Or you can call in with a brief voicemail to 402-881-0089 for a chance to be featured on an upcoming show. Reminder that this episode contains discussion of mental illness and suicide. I'm really into you know, songs you can dance and cry to at the same time. Exactly. Right. And, and you I, guys have a show coming up here shortly that people can do just that. Exactly. Tell me more about this show coming up. And I know it's a fundraiser too for Youth Emergency mm. Services and Omaha, Omaha. Omaha. Autonomous Action. Yes. Okay, yep. so tell us more about that. Where is it going to be when so people can come out and attend? Yeah. So yeah, as a little segue, I think actually it was one of the first couple conversations we had uh, after you reached out to me about finishing it up. And when we were talking about, you know, uh, like John having passed and just like the music community overall and like how it's like we're always like losing someone. Um, And you kind of brought this up and we're like, 
hey, like I'm going to finish this finally. Like I'll send you something. We should like do something with this. And then at some point we got like we just leaned more into like the fundraiser aspect. We were like, yeah, this is kind of what we care about. Let's do like a fundraiser, do a show together. We could probably just book a show somewhere and people would show up because we know some of the same people. But it's like it feels like there's more of like a reason for doing a little bit of a crossover, which is fun. Like, yeah. And so and you have someone somewhere coming out. Right. Yeah, for sure. Shouts out to Liza. It was definitely one of those things where you're like usually a benefit show. It's like the benefit wants to book the talent. Right. Where it was like now it's like. We wanted to do something to give back to our community, and we're like, yeah, we could have not involved Yes and Omaha Autonomous Action, Mm -hmm. but that was the whole point. We're like, what can we do to give back? Because the subject matter was so heavy, so it was like we had to do a benefit show. So to the details, it'll be on September 7th, which is a Thursday night. We're going to have someone somewhere, one of the best rappers that Nebraska and the Midwest has out there to offer, period, point blank, open it up, going straight into Mean Street off the new album that we'll be dropping here called Jalo. So we're very excited to be having a new album, playing new content there, right in to the crescendo of Bug Heaven. Three local acts out there for a good cause, and the proceeds and the money will be going to a good cause. Uh, both organizations are going to set up some sort of like table for information, uh, just so you can kind of get more familiar with what they're doing. Uh, and then I believe uh, Youth Emergency Services is also going to be doing some sort of clothing drive uh, and will be obviously releasing the info on that as we get closer to the date. We'll kind of post that on our social media. I'm sure they'll share it on theirs as sure. well. And you'll be um, seeing posts about the show that yeah. have the QR codes that will go directly to the Venmos and the, mm-hmm. and the way way that you can directly impact the, the community um, through Yes and through yeah. um, OAA. We'll be doing a percentage of ticket sales that we'll donate from the show itself. Uh, We've got QR codes on the posters that you can just look up the organizations and donate to them directly. Uh, And then on September 1st, it'll be a Bandcamp Friday, which means the Bandcamp website does not take their usual cut of the sales for a song. Um, but you can buy the song for whatever price you want a from dollar, either of a us. dollar, ten dollars, but like, yeah, yeah. And then uh, for that first day, a hundred percent of the sales will also be donated to Omaha Autonomous and to Youth Emergency Services, and that'll be on Bug Heavens, Band Camp, yep. and Mean Streets. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk about it a little bit on stage. But for most part, we're just gonna have an awesome show. Like yeah. Mean Street, we're gonna be playing brand new songs off the new album. You guys are probably gonna pull off some cool tricks and little things someone somewhere is some always cool been, lights right yes some cool lights <laughs> yeah oh my gosh now i feel all this pressure to bring, I'll bring the like, smoke machine i'm gonna have to do projections and lights and <laughs> we're gonna have to bring in dancers and all kinds of crazy stuff after this conversation yeah and i guess i do want to mention too like when just i guess real quick about how we kind of selected the two organizations um when it first came up, when we were just kind of shooting the idea around, we had talked about maybe doing, you know, a fundraiser for some just kind of like helpline or like a national organization of or some like sort. Suicide awareness. Like suicide awareness, yeah. like something. Um, and as we got more into talking about it and as I talked over it, like a couple of the people in my band are really involved with um, some like community outreach things as well. And as we got to talking about it, we kind of reached this point where we were like, why don't we try to do something that is. Because one of the things, I guess, that we've reached a point where we do things like Mental Health Awareness Month or, you know, well, September is week suicide or whichever. Month. But yeah. 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 Right. And like we have these things and it's like I don't think that there's no value to them. I definitely think that on to a certain extent they like can be a very valuable thing. But it's also getting to this point where it seems like sometimes as kind of a culture we trade like awareness for action in a way mm. where it's just like I love that, yeah. we'd make it a point to be like, Hey, be aware of this thing, but you know, don't bother yourself to do anything about it. Cause that's a lot of extra work and it's hard to do, you know? And that's how you land um, on these two charities. And I think that all right. of us are guilty of that to some extent too. direct action, like, whether it's, you know, through apathy or just through general like burnout or just like not having enough time, you know, like, or resources, And that's one of the cool things about organizations like Youth Emergency Services and like Omaha Autonomous, which is that by donating them some money from this thing that we already do with our free time, 
we can help them be better funded to reach out and like really make a tangible difference in people's lives in our community because it's, you know, like it only goes so far to talk about like mental health or like suicide prevention. And it's like, yeah, but what are you doing to make sure that like, you know, when people stay alive, they have a life and right. something to like be alive for. I love yeah, that you thought that through. Changes. I love that you yeah. thought that through and it wasn't just about awareness. It was action. That mm-hmm. is, I love that. <sighs> Well, yeah. that's great. Go out and act, everybody. Yeah. And I do have to, I also want to give a shout out because in the final stages of narrowing it down, I posted just kind of an Instagram question, which I believe is how you and I connected about this, Maria. But um, just asking if anybody had any other recommendations. We had already heard of both of these and maybe one or two others that we were kind of between. Um, and it was like literally like neck and neck and almost nothing else was mentioned. It was just like everybody responding was like youth emergency services, Omaha autonomous action. Like those are the two things in Omaha right now that are just like truly like using their resources to make like a real difference for people in our community. Um, Let's get it Omaha. Yeah. Yes. Thank you guys so much for being here. Yeah. I'm so excited for your show um, and for you guys to just be sharing your vulnerable, authentic, creative selves with our community and reaching out even further. So thank oh you so gosh. much. Oh my gosh, thanks for having us. Maria, yeah, thanks for Maria, having us. I brought you a yellow flower from my garden. Oh my gosh, I am so honored. And um, so we will be playing new music off the new Mean Street album, Jalo, which will come out on Halloween worldwide. <laughs> Only a few people have this. We did have it available at Maha. We'll have it available at Lincoln Calling on the 2nd of September. We'll have it available on the 7th at the show with Bug Heaven for the charity at the Slowdown. And then we'll have it again at Farnham House on the 21st of October. And so (laughs) we're so excited to see everyone at the Slowdown on the 7th. And if you can catch us before or after, we'd love to see you. Awesome. Thank you guys for joining us. It's going to be a great show. Thank you, Maria. Thank you. Give her park forever. (laughs) Riverside Chats was created by Tom Noblock and is a production of 91.5 KIOS Omaha Public Radio. The show is produced and edited by Courtney Bierman. Our original music is written and performed by The Real Zebos. Our artwork is done by Ben Matukowicz. Remember, you can find the backlog of Riverside Chats episodes wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love it if you'd leave us a review. Thank you for listening. I'm Maria Corpus. <laughs>